solved a 15-year-old murder thanks to recognizing tattoos on Facebook. Got that story for you coming up. Hmm, interesting. Well, it's a pleasure to welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show after too long an absence. Uh, Sebastian Gorka, Fox News contributor, author, commentator, world traveler. Uh, Dr. Gorka, how are you, sir? Very well. Happy New Year, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to have you back. We understand you're in Sweden right now. What brings you to beautiful Sweden? Uh, looking into these uh, so-called no-go zones, so the uh, the very precipitous rise in, in uh, violence recently uh, connected, some say, to the increase of uh, migration, refugees from the Middle East and North Africa. So we're looking into whether there really is a problem here and what lessons could be drawn uh, for the United States. You know, as long as you brought that up, I've found that topic to be so frustrating because people on the right will talk about no-go zones. People on the left will frequently reply, there's no such thing. You can walk in and out of them. The, the cops can go in there, et cetera, et cetera. But listen, anybody who's ever spent any time in a big city knows about the concept of a really tough neighborhood, a neighborhood where maybe you don't want to go if you're the wrong kind of person. And that's more what we're talking about, isn't it? Well, this is this is a strange situation. Uh, so we've spoken to lots of people since we got here. The day we arrived, a 23-year-old man was shot in the head in one of these uh, zones, uh, Rinkeby, in uh, Stockholm. And half the people we talked to say there is no problem, nothing to do with immigration. It's just uh, young men who uh, need a job. And then uh, the other people, especially off the record and former police and current police, say, no, this is a nation in crisis that's ignoring reality. Uh, we've absorbed hundreds of thousands of immigrants from war zones, and they're bringing, you know, think about these figures. This is just factual figures. 80% of the Swedish police force wants to retire early because their job is too dangerous in these no-go zones. The head of the uh, ambulance Workers Union has demanded that their paramedics be issued body armor. This is Stockholm, not Beirut. So there's there's uh, there's a paradoxical story here. We're trying to get to the bottom of it. But some of the uh, the the natives are still uh, either in denial, or I guess they would say um, uh, we're overreacting. Well, yeah, we had a, a Jewish lady um, tell us that there's a cone of silence, that politics in, in Scandinavia, especially in, in Sweden, has been about consensus and, and nobody rocking the boat. And a, uh, a woman who works in the private kind of NGO sector, but on mass studio, she said, we have a real problem. But if you if you want to talk honestly about that problem, the second you do so publicly, you may as well hand in your resignation letter. So, yes, there there seems to be political correctness uh, alive and well uh, uh, here on the other side of the Atlantic, uh, just as much as in uh, our country. Well, and it's interesting to watch Europe, whether it's Germany, which has quite famously seen uh, an electoral shakeup or, or a number of other countries, but... Um, I think we we ignore what's actually happening to our great danger, no matter how progressive your views, because, I mean, for instance, uh, the number of Germans who've swung right politically um, has not happened in a vacuum. You've got to take a serious look at why those votes went the way they did. And it's not xenophobia. It's change. In my opinion, you know, it, 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 
it can be many things, but this is this is the issue that that uh, somebody else pointed out to us. Look, there's there's one political party that's talking about these issues. Uh, they have a problematic past, a xenophobic, even you know, proto-fascist past that they say they've distanced themselves from. Um, but the, as, as one of the Swedes told us, either we start talking about this realistically, not you know, not not in a in a in a racist fashion, but actually start the conversation, or we can continue to deny it, and sooner or later things are going to explode. There will be even more violence as people try to defend themselves. I mean, there, there was um, we met with a former police officer. There was recently a gang rape in one of these areas where 20 men uh, raped one woman. All five of, them, five of them were caught. They were all Muslims from outside the country and we ended up eventually being acquitted by the Swedish courts. Uh, if, if, that's, uh, you know, if that's their idea of justice, uh, if that, too much of that happens, that can have some very, very bad consequences for the broader society. But as you pointed out, and I think it's one of the most even-handed and intelligent expressions of this I've heard, if the other parties aren't willing to confront and discuss these topics honestly, um, these societies are doomed because all of the energy will go to the, you know, formerly or perhaps currently proto-fascist parties, et cetera, et cetera. Dr. Sebastian Gorka is on the line with us. Let's uh, let's come back to the United States uh, conversationally for a moment or two. You were working with the Trump administration for a number of months. You are no longer working with them. What is your view of your time in the White House and, and what you're seeing unfold now? Well, I need to correct you. I am working with them. I'm not okay. working for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> so I was a de- deputy assistant to the president. I've been in touch with the president since I, I resigned uh, back in August. Uh, it's been it's been an amazing year. I mean, just just think about the things that we can talk about. Forget about whether you like his style or whether you voted for him or not. <laughs> In less than a year, we've seen ISIS decimated. We've seen the 75th stock market record. We've seen two million jobs created, the lowest unemployment in 17 years, the lowest African-American unemployment since 1945. We've seen 78% decrease in illegal migration across the southern border. NATO revitalized. I mean, a list. I mean, this is a list that a president finishing off his second term in office would be proud of. And what we're talking about is just the first 11 months. So you know, there were problems. I think you know, personnel policy, uh, dealing with the swamp, getting rid of uh, Obama holdovers is still a challenge. Uh, but in terms of you know. Keeping his promises, the, the president has been, as the kids say, crushing it. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I suppose i got to ask you this question. I don't want to ask this question, but i got to ask this question. So the book came, comes out last week. A lot of uh, uh, the, the mainstream media is going crazy with this story that, that Trump's lost his mind <laughs> or is in uh, uh, you know, dementia territory. Or you, you have any evidence of that? <laughs> I met this guy uh, very briefly, uh, Michael Wolf in the White House. Uh, he's a sleazebag. He's a scumbag. He's just th- this man uh, was irrelevant. He wants to become irrelevant. Ir- he wants to make a lot of money, so he lies continually. Really, the president has you know uh, mental acuity issues. Have you watched him handle the media? You know, he just walks into a room and for 45 minutes straight. He plays games like a, a cat plays with a mouse. You watch his Twitter feed. 
he knows exactly what buttons to press. This is, this is the master communicator. It's a different style. I'll give it to you, a very different style. But he is as good as President Reagan when it comes to getting his message across and brokering the deals that are best for all Americans. So, yeah, th- this book is, is good for uh, lighting your fire at home. That's the only thing this book is good for. <laughs> now, <laughs> Lining your parrot cage, perhaps. <laughs> just to go yes. back to... Yes. <laughs> Just to go back to the original topic, and, you, and you're there in Sweden, uh, Joe and I were just discussing, this. Could I could easily picture 100 years from now, this being one of the big stories of the last century, the change in Western uh, culture, Western civilization, the, the great, one of the greatest migrations in world history. Uh, this is earth-changing stuff, isn't it? It could be if it's mismanaged. So let's just, you know, again, let's be unemotional and factual. What does the word Sweden mean? What does that word mean? What does, what does the word America mean? Does, does it have objective content? Remember, Hillary Clinton, we now know, gave a, a private speech to a group of bankers when she was candidate for president. That speech text was leaked to the press. And in it, she said she hopes to see a Western hemisphere without borders. From Canada down to Latin America, no borders. If that ever happened, if she became the president and that happened, say, 20 years from now, America wouldn't mean anything. There'd be no meaning to the word America. America, Sweden, Germany, the UK, these are words that have content. They're about culture. They're about values. Um, I'm sorry, but, but the fact is uh, Egypt is not the same as Belgium, and America is not the same as Iraq. And if you deny that, you are living in a fantasy land. Sebastian Gorka is on the line. In the limited time we know you have, uh, a, a couple of questions on the Mueller investigation. Uh, we know you to be a very realistic person about Soviet and then Russian interference um, in the affairs of uh, other countries. You're Hungar- of Hungarian descent and Hungary, a long history with the Soviets, etc. Um, what's your view of the Mueller investigation? You know, not the collusion so much because, uh, you know, we don't tend to think there's much there. Uh, but but Russian interference in Western democracies. <laughs> okay, so first thing first, as the president told me one day in the Oval Office, it was just the two of us, he said they will find nothing because there is nothing. There was no Russian collusion, and, and, and the fact that this uh, special prosecutor was impaneled because the then director of the FBI illegally leaked information to his friends in the media is reprehensible. I think Robert Mueller is, a, is, a, is an honorable man, a Vietnam vet, but this whole thing is an outrage. Um, your second question. What was the second question? Well, just in general, uh, Russian disinformation through oh, the yeah. years. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah. So um, Russia, Russia interfering in democratic elections. Um, that's been happening since 1917. Uh. So let, let's let's take a reality pill now. Uh, the idea that suddenly Russia got involved. In, in American politics because they thought Donald Trump was going to win. Number one, they thought Hillary was going to win. The dodgy dossier, the so-called dodgy Trump dossier, was actually 
built upon Russian disinformation, which was paid for to the tune of more than $12 million by the Democrat National Committee, the DNC, and Hillary's lawyer. So if you want to look for Russian collusion, you should look for it in the Hillary campaign and inside the DNC. Sebastian Gorka on the line. We look forward to hearing what you discover there in Sweden and what you observe. We would love to follow up at some point if you have the time. Well, I'd be delighted anytime. Let's talk when I get back. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, sir. Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Controversial figure, no doubt. We're aware of it. I want to uh, follow up on a couple of the things he said, but we ought to take a break. Man, the guy's got some pipes in oh, a yeah. way of delivering a phrase. I want to chop up that interview and just play the tapes over and over again. Can we have greetings ready when we come back? I definitely want to hear that. Um, yeah. Oh, Abba. Well played, Albert. Well played. <laughs> Filling in for Michael quite ably. Today. Yeah. In fact, so ably that we're wondering, do we need Michael? Nah, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> we'll miss him for a couple of days. Ah, <laughs> uh, we could, of course. Uh, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In terms of, you know, keeping his promises, the, the president has been, as the kids say, crushing it. There you go. As the kids say, crushing it. Greetings. <laughs> the great Sebastian Gorka. Yeah. Which, um, which some of you loved and some of you didn't. Sure. Fair which enough. is always the case. Uh, love Dr. Gorka. I hope you use a bunch of his sound bites. We just did, obviously, as the kids say. Crushing it. <laughs> we need more Sebastian Gorka. Gorka was horrible radio. Eh, it's all a matter of opinion. Uh, a couple of points on things he said, though. Um, we've talked about this a lot, and Mark Stein wrote a whole book about it. America alone. The the changing of nations, particularly in Europe, that are just going to be different. Now, maybe you think that's fine. I, you I embrace it. You're enthusiastic about it. I don't believe that deep down in their soul they actually do Mm. think that, you know what, if this became a completely different country, different religion, different culture, different food, different music, I don't want that. I like Sweden. I like Italy. I I like Italy being Italian and Italian food traditionally and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But no, that's all going to go away. One, you're not having any kids, so it's going to go away whether it ends up being an empty country or not, but then it's being filled by people from other from other places. Mm-hmm. If if you think that's awesome, I I'd like to hear your argument or that it's uh, it's compulsory. You have to let it happen. That's an interesting worldview. The thing that that bothers me, and you know, I've said it many times, and will till uh, my dying day. Uh, ideology trumps or neutralizes intelligence all the time, or logic. Ideology wrestles logic to the mat. And pins it. And I'll tell you what I'm talking about. A, a lot of people who like uh, are super uh, into diversity and, and, and would decry somebody like Sebastian Gorka as being a xenophobe or a bigot or something like that, blah, blah, blah. You will see like a huge influx of Americans uh, start to buy up all the real estate in a town in Mexico or Ecuador we were talking about a little earlier. Or, you know, the Chinese suddenly flood all sorts of people into an African nation, blah, blah, blah. And they change the economy. They change the culture. They change everything. And y'all see that as a tragedy. It's terrible. 
But if, you know, the situation is reversed, then that's a beautiful thing. It's diversity. And that's because you're a xenophile or or you've fallen for underdogma that the lower ranked person or the weaker person or group or whatever is always honorable and always to be rooted for. And that's just silly and illogical. To me, if if Americans all of a sudden decided that the greatest place in the world to live is, I don't know, pick, pick a nation. Well, Ecuador. We were talking about Ecuador before. Because there are a lot of American expats there. And it just, Ecuadorian culture just kind of got wiped off the mat. And it was all, you know, McDonald's and, and Fry's Electronics and 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 whatever else and the NFL and blah blah blah. Yeah, nobody cares about soccer. And and Ecuador became the Ecuadorian landmass, but merely an extension of America. To me, that would be a loss. That would be kind of sad. Well, most people would think it would be horrible because Ecuador's the little guy. But if Ecuador was some sort of world power, then we would have to celebrate the wiping off the map of Ecuadorian culture. Because the people who were doing it were ranked below them, but that's this fetish for for yeah. underdog. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and I was going to mention if you haven't read the book Submission, which I have told you to read many times, by a French dude who was on the cover of that magazine when the scumbag uh, ISIS members went in and shot up the magazine. Um, all the people who worked there. He uh, he wrote a book about what it's going to look like in the future in these European countries. It's 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 fiction, but it's so. Easy to believe. Mm. Such a great book. Anyway, yeah. Submission is the book. Well, I'm um, making a note for the umpteenth time to read that damn book. Easy reading. Fascinating. Unless I have already and forgotten, which happens sometimes. Um, but on the other stuff, so we're asking Gorka greetings. He is, as the kids say, crushing it. <laughs> um, uh, we asked Gorka about Russia and Trump and all that sort of stuff, and he stood up for Trump. And he was in the Trump administration. But this did come out um, yesterday. The Democrats, unfortunately, this is another unilateral move. I mean, only Democrats signed on to this paper. No Republicans signed on to it. It was a report about the extent to which Russians meddled in our election and are meddling in elections around the world. 200-page report. And uh, they said, among other things, and this I agree with, never before has a U.S. president so clearly ignored such a grave and growing threat to U.S. national security. The... uh, the overreach or underreach counterbalance to the mainstream media going crazy with this Russia-Trump collusion stuff, even though there's not much there, mm-hmm. is Trump going way too far the other direction and not recognizing what a threat this is to all of the world, and certainly to us, Russia meddling in the elections. Yeah, I would reply to Sebastian Gorka, and I would have if we had time, that, yeah, Russia's, been, Russia's attempting to be... Hmm. Take three. Russia has attempted to mess with various countries' electoral systems and elections and and cultures, et cetera, et cetera, for a very long time since 1917. It's just that through the internet and social media, in particular, they they become vastly more effective. I wish so. To, it matters now. Yeah, I wish President Trump could could you know talk about this for the real threat that it is without right. feeling like that undermines his legitimacy you're the legit press you got elected you've had a year in office you're not going anywhere you get at least three more years everything's fine now let's talk about the fact that they're dicking with us because they're going to do it again right and well, again and again now yeah yeah Oh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Congress just gives a big boost to continue warrantless wiretapping. California Governor Brown promoting possibility of public impen- uh, public employee pension cuts. 
And we got a new discovery that may explain winter weight gain. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Winter weight gain. Hmm. Well, I'm going to hibernate, so I got to, you know. Right. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Fun fact I just learned, because we're having some difficulties with uh, one of our uh, young boys in school, kindergarten is not mandatory. Uh, right. I didn't know that. Yeah. And it's just, a, so why do we all do it? Just kind mm. of fun? Seems like a good idea. Yeah, it seems like a good idea. Yeah. A lot of kids I'm, benefit I'm from it. I they like, like it. Yeah. But I didn't know it was not part of the whole deal. Nope. Just kind of, kind of an exercise. It's uh, German for children's garden. Is it now? Yeah. Fantastic. Back to you. Um, Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, a bill reauthorizing key parts of the FISA Surveillance Act is now headed to the Senate after passage by the House. The FISA law gives the government the authority to go ahead and carry out foreign surveillance on American soil, and that does include warrantless wiretapping. Now, debate on the bill got muddied this morning by a pair of presidential tweets. In one, President Trump said the FISA law may have been used to surveil and abuse his campaign. That seemed to contradict his administration's strong support of the law's reauthorization. But then two hours later, as backers got increasingly nervous, Trump tweeted, We need it. We need it. Congress needs to be smart. So the FISA law is heading toward the Senate, where it will most likely be passed. Tying it into your story from last hour about Julian Assange yes. getting uh, citizenship and will he come to the United States. I, I don't think we still would know as U.S. citizens the extent to which our government was spying on us if it hadn't been for Edward Snowden and Julian Assange. I, that may have never come out. True. Senator Dianne Feinstein is saying a bad cold may have affected her thinking before releasing some key testimony in the ongoing Russia investigation this week. The one regret I have is that I should have spoken with Senator Grassley before. And uh, I've kind of, I don't make an excuse, but I've had a bad cold and maybe that slowed down my uh, mental facilities a little bit. Well, if a cold is going to slow down your mental facilities so you make a decision that regrettable, then you don't have good enough mental facilities yeah, anymore. That that is, that have you ever heard that like you make a really this is a fairly major decision yes. to yes. to release this during an investigation without telling your co-chair. Right. Pretty big decision. If you made a big decision at work like to sell off a, a part of a company or right. sign on to a deal uh, where we will we will build the houses in that subdivision or whatever and then you think ah that was a bad idea. I had a cold who, who would ever buy that explanation? Nobody. Nobody. What would you think of your 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 coworker in the business? You made that deal. We I thought we de- decided we weren't going to. I had a cold, and you didn't even ask me. <laughs> no, I, I had, a, had cold. a cold. What do you mean you had a cold? I have a cold now. What are you talking about? <laughs> California Governor Jerry Brown says legal rulings may clear the way for making cuts to public pension benefits. Bloomberg News is reporting Brown says he's got a hunch the courts would modify the so-called California rule, which holds that benefits promised to public employees cannot be rolled back. The state Supreme Court set to hear a case in which lower courts ruled that reductions to pensions are permissible if the payments remain reasonable for workers. Brown was uh, talking during a briefing on the budget saying there's more flexibility than currently assumed by those who discuss the California rule. And Brown's predicting during the next recession, the governor will have the option of considering pension cutbacks for the first 
time. You know, the most disturbing part about the Jerry Brown experience is that he's actually fairly moderate by Sacramento standards. In terms, not only in terms of politics and spending and that sort of thing, but in terms of being an adult, of having the slightest interest in doing the right thing. Uh Jerry is like a hero of responsibility when you look at him in the context of the swamp of Sacramento, which is disturbing. One other note. I mean, because some of the swamp creatures who want his job next are completely, wildly corrupt and irresponsible. Or just so utopian. Right, right. One other note, California may create its own online community college. Governor Brown proposing $120 million to get it up and running. He said it would be benefit uh, to millions of Californians who have high school diplomas or adults who want to advance their education. Yeah, but, and, and then I don't know why you don't extend that to the, the whole four-year thing. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, Because I got young kids, I'm big on right. the blowing up college as it is because right. it's ridiculous the way it currently is. Can we do it by the uh, beginning of next semester? All this information that exists in the world and right. you still pay fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars a year to get it on some well manicured campus somewhere for some reason. Meanwhile there's Harvard lectures Harvard professor oh, yeah, yeah, lectures yeah. just available for oh, yeah. free on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. You can just watch a semester's worth in an afternoon. Yeah. Walmart raising its starting wage to eleven dollars for all hourly employees nationwide, crediting the White House tax overhaul. Currently the employees are making about nine bucks an hour and along with a pay raise, employees will be getting expanded maternity or parental leave benefits including a possible cash bonus of up to $1,000. Those moves announced today by the CEO. Hmm. And we've got a new discovery that may explain your winter weight gain. If you've got a tendency to pack on a few extra pounds during the wintertime, you might be able to blame the lack of sunlight. University of Alberta researchers found that fat cells lying just beneath our skin shrink when they're exposed to the blue light emitted by the sun. But without that blue light, they tend to expand. A senior uh, study author says the insufficient sunlight exposure during the wintertime may be promoting fat storage and contribute to the typical weight gain some of us have over the winter. It's not the uh, doing less, sitting around watching more TV, eating more? Holidays, etc. A lot of that goes on, too. Yeah, that's uh, very, that's very the true. blue light. Sure. The blue light not getting enough sleep every night. Blue Remember light that special. Story. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. That's a Kmart reference, right? The blue light special? Yes, sir. Back in the day. Got to be a certain age for that. Oh, yeah. It's exciting. That blue light would go on. You know what you knew then? Bargains were afoot. You you ever (laughs) been in a Kmart, Sean? I have, but not during the, the, the fun and frivolity that sounds like a blue light special. <laughs> comes out of nowhere. It comes out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. What, what, aisle 7, where is it? Where is it? You're minding your own business, looking at underpants, all of a sudden, 30% off Coleman coolers. Right there. <laughs> I didn't even know I needed a Coleman cooler, right, but I'm right, losing right. money if I don't buy it right, right now. Oh, yeah, you can't afford not to. <laughs> Stay tuned for the petering out coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Let's take our time tonight Girl, above us all the stars are watching There's no place I'd rather be The Armstrong and Getty Show Your eyes are where I'm lost Arnold Schwarzenegger said that he's forming a coalition of moderate Republicans Either that or he said that he's putting some lotion on llama butts and pelicans. I couldn't, I couldn't understand what he was saying. I'm putting, I'm putting the lotion on the llama butts and pelicans. Making fun of America's immigrant community there. 
Foreign accents are hilarious. I agree. Uh, so, so he's an old James Franco pervin now, huh? Yeah. The actor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ali Sheedy from The Breakfast Club. Sure. Was disgusted that Franco was being treated the way he was being treated at the Golden Globes because he uh, 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 did something to her. Yeah, he directed a play that she was in uh, several years back. A lot of it was like he was up there with the with the the Times Up pin and oh, hypocrite. People are yelling. You might not remember Ali Sheedy because she disappeared after the Breakfast Club in 1984 or whatever year that was. And uh, she she tweeted out during the Golden Globes, "Ask James Franco why I, why I left show business." Wow. Yeah, she got out of the industry. Wow. What what did she say she did? He did. She Do went back and deleted the tweets. She hasn't yeah. really said much else oh, after that. Yeah. Um, there's been other accusers that have come out and said... Like four or five, I understand. Yeah, yeah. But from what I've seen, they are they are much more on the side of inappropriate than criminal. Okay. Yeah, boy. And but, I, but again, I've and, only seen the, the, the very sure, beginnings Sure, but man, right. you can't just blur those together. No. A lot of this stuff, I, I heard somebody having a conversation, this needs to be litigated. Some of these you can't litigate because there were no crimes committed. Right. It's not a crime to do some of this stuff. Some of it, it absolutely is and should be. But some of it, there's just no crime there. Well, maybe it's rude and inappropriate and interferes with the workplace and you ought to deal with it. But it's different than a crime. You can't litigate it if it ain't a crime. Right. A couple of quick stories for you. Got an Illinois man who let some homeless people into his house because it was really cold outside and now uh, got told uh, he has to stop it and got fined in Illinois for some sort of false lodging something or other. Boy, that's funny. I thought I was assuming that they're going to say, now you can't kick them out because they are, by definition, renters or whatever, yeah, and you're a other. landlord, and yeah. he's got to go through eviction procedures. <laughs> to- no, he's not allowed to do that. It's like when you you know, you know give food to the homeless and you're operating an illegal restaurant or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. One of those deals. You got this uh, horrifying murderer dude covered in tats, committed a murder 15 years ago. He's 74, so he committed his murder, well, I mean, he, was, he was fairly old then. but um, Well, 60 is the new 40 for murderers. Somebody who admiring his tattoos put him on Facebook. Somebody else noticed the tattoos and recognized him. Anyway, they caught this murderer after wow. 15 years of looking for him. Japanese guy, tire, tire chest and, and 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 back covered in tattoos. Sounds like yakuza to me. Mm. He was playing checkers on the street in Thailand when somebody's oh look at those tattoos snapped a picture and it led to his arrest. Wow. Yeah. What's yakuza? That's a Japanese uh, organized crime. That's what it says here. A Japanese yakuza boss. Yeah. Mm. I, don't yeah know. I never heard yakuza before. Mm, well, no joke. No, no, no. I'm afraid for having uttered the word. Really? I'm gonna have to go into hiding. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, listen, a quick political note here. I talked yesterday about the fact that uh, California Senate leader, half-wit Kevin DeLeon, uh, that's an editorial comment, clearly. I mean, I slipped that in there. I don't know if anybody noticed it. I called the man a half-wit. That's not an official designation, or he wasn't making a test and declared that? No, no. In you, fact, sir, his, are a half-wit. His title is California Senate leader, Kevin DeLeon. He, he probably um, would argue he's fully witted. I would counter-argue that, no, you're not. Anyway, he unveiled legislation um, last week, I guess it was, that would, long and short of it is, you know, with the new uh, Trump tax law, you can't deduct state and local taxes, or you can up to ten grand in property tax, I guess. But right. The main issue in California for anybody who's had any level of success, um, and now, of course, you must be punished for it, is that you can't 
um, deduct your high California state income tax anymore. So Kevin DeLeon has, has done what New Jersey did. I mentioned this briefly yesterday. There, the new legislation <laughs> says you can, instead of paying your taxes, you can make a charitable donation to the California Excellence Fund for the precise amount of your state income taxes. Did George Costanza come up with that? Taxpayers. <laughs> excellence fund. Taxpayers would use the credits to get out of paying uh, the, their other taxes, rendering the blah, blah, blah. Um, the Republican tax plan gives corporations and hedge fund managers a trillion dollars tax cut and expects California taxpayers to foot the bill, DeLeon said in a statement. We won't allow California residents to be the casualty of this disastrous tax scheme, except you almost certainly will, because according to most tax experts, um, there are going, for instance, the Tax Foundation, they do good work. They say that California's plan will, quote, face serious headwinds, saying the requirements that charitable contributions have a charitable aspect is a significant challenge for this approach. In addition to listing a number of court cases that could uh, kill the plan. So if you're going to call yourself a charity, charity, you have to do something charitable. That's right. Mm. You can't buy a $250 benefit dinner ticket, for instance, and get a $245 meal and then deduct the whole price. You can only deduct the $5. So, good luck with that case. And now, Sleeve Boy presents <laughs> Final Thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. The I've given up tone of his voice is what I like about it. Or is it kind of a intellectual... Here's your host, Joe Getty. I haven't given up. I'm still in the fight. Positive Sean, final thought? Yeah, I actually went to my first ramen house uh, last night. Really enjoyed it. And by that, I don't mean a place that serves fancy ramen bowls. I mean a house actually made of ramen. It was really structurally sound, but you, you got to get out <laughs> if it rains. Yeah. I guess. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. I don't either. Marshall Phillips, oh. final thought. I'm heading off to the surgeon who repaired my Armstrong and Getty show sports-related injuries to see if he'll give me a green light so I can resume training so I can finally accomplish my revised New Year's resolution of doing 10 push-ups in a row by the end of May. And you were up to like four or five? So, At but least five. There's a chance, Three sloppy. There's a chance you've slid backwards, I assume, since well, you haven't been training. I haven't done anything since that. Tragic occasion. Can you do one, do you think, since that tragic occasion? (laughs) Uh, Albert's filling in for Michelangelo. Did you prepare a final thought for us, Albert? You don't have to. Okay. I need some Tylenol. He needs some Tylenol. (laughs) Yeah. And a foot rub. And a foot rub. All right. You just take care of yourself. Uh, Jack, do you have a final thought for us? I do. You know, I don't have. There seems like there ought to be a punchline here at the at the world's biggest electronics show. The electricity went out. Yesterday, Michelangelo is attending today, so we'll talk to him live on the air from Las Vegas and see what cool stuff is there. But the electricity going out at the electronics show seems like there's some, I don't know, there's something there, wisdom, humor, or something, but I don't have it. Perhaps Alanis Morissette could pick up a guitar and ah, write yes, a song about it. Yes, there you go. It. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> it's like an outage at the Consumer Electronics Show. <laughs> Somewhat like that. Final thought, Joe? Uh, my punchline. Oh. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com oh, and uh, drop us a line, would you? Now I have to rub Albert's feet. Oy. See you tomorrow. God <laughs> bless America. This is a historic act. 
uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. Yeah, we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. The president has been, as the kids say, crushing it. Armstrong and Getty.